Thanks for tapping into Untapped CAG podcast, where we look at different perspectives of sobriety and mental health so that you can take something and implement it into your own life, where we only believe there's only one right way to sobriety, which I said that like six times there, but it's the way that works for you. That's it. I'm RJ Zimmerman, and I am excited to be joined today by copywriter, ghostwriter, solopreneur, ADHD person, and my friend, Mechi. How are you doing today, Mechi? Hi, RJ. Thank you for having me. I'm super stoked to be here. Super glad. Um, so yeah, let's, yeah, basically, <laughs> this is my highlight for today. Well, you know, that makes two of us because uh, I recently went on your podcast and it was a ton of fun just to be able to talk with you for that amount of time. And I feel like we could talk for like four hours, like just yeah. riffing with one another and having a really good conversation. So it's always fun catching up. But for those who don't know who you are, could you give us a little introduction into who Mechi is? Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, um, if I sound strange or anything like that, that's because I'm from Argentina, uh, Buenos Aires in particular. Um, I'm a copywriter, like you say. Um, my niche in copywriter copywriting is personal development, personal growth, and you know the health and wellness realm. And there's a reason why I chose those niches to become a copywriter and a marketer. Um, and that's because I myself struggled with that so much as, you know, anyone else who listens to your podcast and has ADHD or has had, you know, issues with alcohol or anything, you know, like smoking. For me, that was the case, smoking and binge eating. Um, I, I feel like, you know, the other day I was just actually, uh, I wrote a blog about it, but for some reason, like I, I always understood the meaning behind the if life gives you lemon, you know, make lemonade. But I actually <laughs> understood it to a level like it touched me because life has given me many lemons, like too many. And um, I actually, my lemonade turned out to be my business. So, you know, I have Hashimoto's disease. I have ADHD, PCOS, which means I struggle a lot with hormones and ADHD plus like hormonal issues is, is really not a good uh, cocktail, let's say. So I had to learn a lot for myself, like how to take care of my body. And also for anyone out there, uh, and I imagine from your, you know, the people who listen to you, you should have plenty who are also like, um as ADHD years or autistic and you know we have issues like regulating um appetite and other things and you know for me it was the binge eating and you know gaining weight and then also struggling my entire like the team you know from when I was like um 13 like super young until I was almost like 19 dealing with um eating disorders because I was heavily bullied at school so you know with all that background I was like okay I can either sit here and cry and not change my life or I can try to change my life so I did and you know when I started you know becoming this new person that I'm still you know trying to find because of course no one's perfect and not you know no 
journey is linear and you keep learning and you keep rediscovering yourself and you know you keep bettering yourself um I learned so many things along the way the things that worked for me you know I read many books listened to I don't know how many hours of podcasts read like peer review study you know studies found out I had uh, Hashimoto's you know on my own and so yeah it's been it's been a long road uh that brought me here and then you know, being a, uh, I, I studied to become a translator. That's why I speak English because my native language, as you can tell, is Spanish. Um, but I was like, I could be, you know, I could still be a translator, but I could also be a creator. And I'm really creative and I like writing for other people or pretend I'm someone else. I'm not like someone who's cooler than me. Um, <laughs> and so I learned about copywriting and ghostwriting. I was like, I love this. This is this is fun. So I started learning. I took courses. I read the books. I did the entire thing, and and then I started to niche down, and because I wanted to actually love what I do and have you know a niche that I feel like it's easy for me to write because it's like I'm speaking to myself or you know the past self or even sometimes the future self I want to become. So yeah, basically that's it. Long story short. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's, that's the question that it's like, okay, how do I sum up my life? But you started a podcast and it's really about, you know, introducing people with ADHD and like entrepreneurship and really um, looking at building your business and how there's different levels of challenges that come with that. Whereas, with a, let's say, you know, honestly, we call them normies, but neurotypicals, they just don't necessarily understand how the brain and some of the challenges that we have, what led you to start that podcast? Um, well, it's actually a fun story. Um, so the thing is, you know, sometimes it's hard to find your people or people who vibe with you. Um, in real life, unless you go to many events and stuff like that. We don't have much of that here in Argentina because I don't know, it's not like the US that it's so like, you know, uh, heavy on entrepreneurship and stuff like that. So networking is not very common here. So it's like, what can I do? Like, how can I spark interesting conversations? And this is for me, podcasting is also feels kind of like therapy. I actually had like discoveries from talking to yep. people on my podcast. Um, and because, yeah, and because podcasts have helped me so much, and I'm talking about every single type of podcast, not just like, you know, mental health podcasts. I mean, I love like Huberman uh, Lab. I don't know if you've ever heard it. Like, yep. you know, I have like sleeping issues. So that really helped. And, you know, so many podcasts that like really helped me change my life. So I was like, I should be here because I love it. It's like, you know, some, some, of, some people might be looking at us right now, but in many other cases, and this is me listening to a podcast, we're on their ears. It's like, it's so cool. It's like you get to hang out in a way, let's say, quote unquote, with amazing people that vibe with you and listen to them. And you're like a fly on the wall, but you also feel like you're part of the conversation. So that's basically the reason why I wanted to have the podcast. So it, it was a little selfish, but I just wanted to have interesting conversations with interesting people. Yeah. And that's, that's funny because that's part of why I wanted to start 
you know, podcast because the podcast that helped me exactly what you're talking about, being able to hang out. I've had a few people tell me it's like I'm hanging out with them in their living room. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry about that. Or maybe not. I, I don't know if it's cool <laughs> or <laughs> how you're having fun, but RJ in the house. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> what, what is it when you have conversations with people that are really cool that have led you to some of these epiphanies that you've had about yourself? One of them is I, I have a very hard time listening to people and podcasting, hosting a podcast makes you listen. You have to become a good listener. So that's one thing I'm learning to, you know, shut up a little more and actually listen to the other person. So that's, that's great. That's something great about podcasting. Another thing that I, I learned from podcasting is, oh my, oh my God, let me think. It's, there's so many things. I have, I have a terrible memory. I have, that's why I have my journal right there. And I'm sure there's a ton of things there that I got from podcasts. But one of the I have things, notebooks and yeah. notebooks and notebooks for a reason. <laughs> the notebook of the notebook of the notebook. I do. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah. The the main thing is the listening for me. Uh, really listening to the other person, and the other thing too is practicing. You know, being more. Um, you know, having more empathy and mm. you know really connecting with other people's you know struggles because it's not the same listening than actually talking to the person who's telling you their struggles um and so on and another great thing that i would say that really stood out to me from like talking to too many people is actually um you know understanding where resilience comes from um i do consider myself a very resilient person because i had a difficult life but sometimes you don't understand it until you actually talk through it that's why you know therapy is great but for those who cannot afford therapy or don't have the time I think podcasts and you know journaling are like great options yeah and hearing you say that there's so many times that I'll be coaching a client and I'll be talking about a story about myself and I'm like, hold on one second. I tell you all the time about progress over perfection. And I'm telling this story and there is a moment of progress that I haven't given myself credit for. I need to pause for a second and give myself credit for this. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the same thing with podcasts. Like you talk about things exactly like you're talking about and you start to, Oh, I got to give myself credit for that. That's, that is true. And on your, you know, self-discovery journey that you've had and being diagnosed with ADHD and Hashimoto's and um, PCO. PCOS, yeah. I'm, I'm. There's there. more Listen. to add. <laughs> I'm not going to give you the full list because yeah. I'll become that person you know that's just got this this and that like yeah but our interactions <laughs> that we've had and especially this one right now you strike me as the person that hasn't used that as a you get diagnosed and this is just who I am but more of this is an understanding 
of who I am. And this is where I can, I can use this to be, you know, not necessarily, yeah, treat myself better. I don't know why I'm dancing around that, but yeah, treat myself and understand myself better. And how have you been able to do that? Hmm. That's a good question. I think, um, yeah, just trying to look at it. This is going to sound weird, but I speak a lot by myself. Like anyone, like if they, if I had a camera, if I, if I were like in a program, which I, I would never be on, but like big brother, people would be like scared of me. Cause I'm like, I would look at myself in the mirror and have a conversation, like a full on conversation with myself or like be, I don't know, maybe I'm cleaning the house and I'm like, just talking aloud, like it's as if I'm like talking to myself. And the reason why I do that is because for me, it's, it's very important. And I think I'm built this way because I've always been like this, you know, that, um, but we, we chat on like almost a weekly basis, whenever we have the time, we jump on a call every Friday. And I think that's, that's a great exercise, but when you don't have that, you know, back and forth from other people and, and you know, this, cause I, every time I have any, you know, a problem or something, I just, I, I tell it as it is. And I'm always asking you guys for uh, your opinions because I do value having diversity of opinions because I think that's the way to find the right one. It's not like, you know, yours is better than someone else's or better than mine. I think that when you gather information, um, that's when you actually, you know, get to the root cause of whatever actually works, right? So you kind of do your research and, uh, for me, <clears throat> what I do um, to actually not label myself, because I, I, I'm not a label. In the end, I'm just me. And, you know, it's, I'm not, I don't believe in labels, which is why I was like, when you asked me uh, for a quick intro, I was like, should I start with a copywriter? Because that, that is not a label. Maybe, you know, in, I don't know, 10 years time, I'm no longer a copywriter. So that, that no longer defines me. I'm just me. Um, and I think that I'm ever evolving or ever changing. It's it's a better use of the word because I don't think that, you know, people just evolve. I do think that we have ups and downs. So yeah. I think that, you know, just like talking to other people or if you don't have that talking to yourself, even if you, you look crazy doing that, you find the way to separate yourself from the actual issue. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something that, I've never told this to anyone. It sounds super weird, but I have like three, by the way, I, I don't have like um, dissociative uh, personality disorder or something like that. Sometimes I do dissociate, but not in the level of like, I have different personalities. Right. I developed different personalities because what, I'm going to tell you why. And this is also the reason why I um, I became a copywriter. Um, so... <sighs> For some reason, I I always struggled understanding people and social interactions. So I had to learn it to actually understand that. So I began like you know watching like charisma videos and like how to read faces because I you know that I didn't come with that shit. Let's say. Well, you um, have ADHD, and that's something that yeah, you tend to struggle with. Do we all? It's almost um, like more of an autistic trait, but maybe we it, do. Yeah, struggle with it, it, there's, it, and that's where like that overlap is of the neurodivergence where sometimes, yes, some of us struggle more than others, but that is 
not uncommon, yeah. I will say. For sure. Yeah, sometimes I'll have girlfriends of mine be like, girl, are you kidding me? Don't you realize that, you know, that dude was actually like hitting you on or something like oh. that? I'm like, no. Like, I, I, yes. need a, I actually need you to tell me. Because I don't want to get it. So that I have happens to study all that. the time to me. Like, <laughs> there's, oh I'll God, tell you this quick story. I was in a circle with seven friends and one of them was my girlfriend. All right. And this lady comes in and goes into the middle of the circle, turns around, looks at me and says, hi, my name is whatever their name is. And I said, oh, hey, I'm RJ. Um, these are all my friends. How are you doing? And I'm like, yeah, this is, you know, the who, 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 and the last person I introduced is my girlfriend. She's like, oh, okay. And then she just walked away. And I was like, I turned to everybody. I was like, that was weird, wasn't it? And she's, they're like, you do realize she was hitting on you. I was like, no, she just came over to have a conversation. Didn't you see? She wanted to talk and see everybody. And they're like, no, she stood in the middle, looked at you, introduced, and you introduced everybody else. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so like that's how much no, I we don't... definitely don't have that upgrade like it didn't come with us you know what as you were talking about that I'm like yeah of course it's going to tell me that because like you know it, it makes sense but if I were there I also would be like yeah she's not hitting on him she's just like you know introducing herself yeah she's, she's nice she's like she wants to have a conversation with everybody <laughs> oh my god oh we're terrible <laughs> at that so yeah that's one of the reasons I became a copywriter and um, but no, what I was saying about the this this like different personalities is like I came up with three archetypes that I actually gave them a name, a personality, and so on, so we can have like a conversation, so they can help me make a decision. I know this sounds super crazy, but I mean for me it works. Uh, like to weigh the pros and the cons, and you know to have like a more logical bird's idea of the issue, a more um you know something more related to my feelings and then the right thing to do. So, you know, everything combined, like what's better for me? Uh, what am I actually feeling? And, you know, what's the right thing to do? And then, yeah, I think that that helps. And like talking to other people as well. And then I bring all of that information and we have like a meeting. Oh my God, I'm sounding like a crazy woman, <laughs> but it just works. I mean, that's everyone has their own thing that works for them. For me, it's this, like, it really helps me make better decisions. And what you're saying isn't crazy at all. So there's psychological practices that say this, that is a thing, that we have these different personality types, whatever you want to call it, right, that you slip into throughout the day. You have right. worker mechi, you have friend mechi, you have um, caretaker mechi, you have... Yeah. And, there's I think five is what they say there's five major ones and then there's like subcategories uh -huh. of each and stuff like that so that makes honestly that makes perfect sense to me and hearing that and I just wanted to give you you know that reassurance that it's not crazy you've just been able to tap uh -huh. into that side oh, of good. yourself and use it to your advantage um that it it works and even if even if there wasn't like psychological backing and stuff like that if it works for you do it because that is getting you through life and it's not hurting you. It's helping you. So yeah. embrace your weird, let that, let that freak flag yeah. fly. Oh, 
actually, actually, I do. I, I'm, I'm a weirdo. I mean, and this yeah. is why I'm single. So I have a little bit of, you know, like thick skin. Growing up, I was like, you know, uh, I was like, thir- after, you know, getting bullied and all that, yes, I was struggling with, you know, eating disorders. But at the same time, I was like also like uh, punk. Then I was like a metalhead. Then I was like darky and gothic. And, you know, just in Argentina, it's not very common. Like imagine if you were in like a small town and like we're talking years ago, like I was like, you know, 16, something like that. And, you know, going out with a corset and a big black dress and like, <laughs> you know, it was so weird because I was the only person doing that and everyone like making fun of me but that that gave me a thicker skin so I do not regret a single thing I did no matter how stupid I looked no matter how different I looked or you know no matter how much they would call me a freak I'm like fuck that that made me who I am I'm glad I was not like the the rest and it really has you know led you to be able to be a copywriter and a ghostwriter and be right. take a leap into all of these other parts of your life that this is this works for me this is my passion and I want to follow and that is something that when you embrace it it becomes yeah. such a massive part of your life that yeah. yeah and that's the key word embrace it because you know so many people you know when they want to leave something behind I do understand that for some people, you know, if you, some things could be hurtful and they want to leave that behind and they want to forget it and, you know, like just put it in, you know, inside a drawer and forget that it even exists. But I actually embraced every single thing, like the good ones, the bad ones. And I'm like, I learned something. But what did I learn from this? Like, this was terrible. Like, I don't know. I lost my dad. That was like the worst moment in my life because he was like my best friend and I'm like okay this is this is shit you know I don't know if I can I can I swear here yep we say oh, fuck okay, shit cool. damn oh I love it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was yeah that was terrible so um but I, I still was like but what is this teaching me and it taught me so much life's too short to be like you know crying and whining and you know like get up and try again you failed good get up and try again tomorrow's a new day not even tomorrow like right now you can change you don't have to wait until monday you don't have to wait until next year or your birthday or whatever is special for you like life is too short and what matters in the end is you know, the memories that you have and like, do you have any regrets? Like, that's the thing. Like if I wanted to dress all black and everyone was looking at me, I don't regret it because I wanted that at that time. So now looking back, I'm I'm like, I don't regret it because I did what I wanted to do. So, and you know, the same with other things. Like I decided to study this or that or meet this person, it didn't work out, but what did I learn from them? And I feel like everyone who comes in our lives are like teachers, you know, for the better or worse, but we always learn something. Yeah. And embracing the fact that there's lessons from 
every person can get you to a point of being able to forgive yourself for not making a decision that would have led to a better outcome, but understanding that you made a decision based on the information that you had at the time and not the information that you have right now when you're looking back on it, that can help you to really forgive the past or use it in the way that's going to take you forward in the best possible way. Um, and that's, that's part of embracing and understanding that, you know, let's go back to our ADHD diagnosis, understanding that, yeah, we have ADHD. That doesn't mean that we can't do the things that are challenges. It just means we can recognize those challenges and what can I do with my life to make those challenges more manageable? Or can I say that I got a lot done today and I can recognize that right now I'm not going to be able to battle this executive dysfunction. I'm not going to be able to battle, you know, the easy distractibility or the how transitions can be really difficult. So I'm just going to embrace it and just say, whatever happens, happens. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you also have seasons. Like, I feel Mm. like if you make the most out of them, you might have a season where you're like, super exhausted and you know you don't have the bandwidth to hang out with friends go out like be social that's okay like take that time to reflect on yourself maybe you have a season where you're like super active you know hyperactive well use that for your business use that energy to build a business or you know for work or whatever you do or any hobby that you want to achieve maybe you're learning a language and you're like okay I'm feeling like super hype right now so yeah, I'm going to go all in with that language. Um, so, yeah, I feel like if we see our lives as, you know, seasons, I think that's a great way to to advance. And you know what? The other day in my podcast, I, um, I, I um, interviewed a friend, a fellow copywriter who has had a very interesting and difficult life. She's been dealing with MS. And she's super young to have MS, so uh, multiple sclerosis for people who don't know what that is. And she she went to China and she was she was telling me that she really enjoys reading and um and yeah she at a moment she was she talked about her um I, I don't remember the exact place uh, yeah her Houston chapter she lived in Houston and I was like. Did you say chapter? Does you divide your life into chapters? Because you're a writer. And she was like, that's actually interesting. She, it was like, no, but now that you mentioned that, I, I do notice that I have like different chapters in my life. I have like the China chapter when I lived in China. I have the Houston chapter when I lived in Houston and I had like my nine to five. Now I have my new chapter where you know I have my own business and I get to do what I want and work with the people I want. So um and that reminds me too, one of, uh, you were asking me about the, now they're coming to my head, like the moments, my aha moments in, in the podcast. And one of them was that it's completely related to this. It's one I had with one of my best friends uh, who was in my podcast. That that was in Spanish, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, she moved uh, all the way uh, to um, Australia. And 
she said she didn't want to have an ordinary life. She wanted to have an extraordinary life. She loves traveling, like, and she loves what she, she does. Um, and, and she said, I look at my life, and she actually wrote a book. Um, she, she, um, I met her when, when I was struggling with, um, you know, mental health disorders and uh, ED, because she was in the same boat. And now she's at a completely different level and she's like blooming and she's this beautiful person. And, and she told me like, I look at my life as like, I'm the writer, I'm, I'm the author, you know? And like, if I were the main character, what would I do? And that's when you realize like, you don't have to be on the driver's seat. You can be the, you know, you can write your own story. What will, and, and, you know, whenever you're like at a moment where you're, questioning something about your life that doesn't make you happy what would the main character do if this was a movie what would they do and you have these different chapters which I think it's a really cool concept and you saying that there's a moment in my life that is really important with a really similar understanding that I came to and it came through our mutual friend up who really tell me about it I was explaining how I felt going through um life and he told me you know we're all the main characters of our own story and in somebody else's story you are going to be the antagonist you're going to be the villain and you don't have control over that. It doesn't matter if you acted perfect or not, you are going to be the villain in somebody else's story. And so as you go through, understand that you can only be the main character of your own story. And when he was telling me that I understood what he was saying, but later on I realized I was actually acting like a side character in my own story. Right. And so when I realized that I didn't fully resonate with what he said at the moment was because I was a side character. And when I started to act like the main character of my story, that was when things really started to change. And so you saying writing your own story and, you know, you are the author or the main character or both. Right. And how that touched you, like, yeah, a very similar way it touched me. And sometimes it's easy to have people or have things in your life that become the star of your solar system that you orbit around. And you're so focused on them that you forget that you're actually a star of your own. Mm -hmm. and you're not orbiting around anyone you're just moving through life and when you realize that oh yeah i'm a star Every and everybody else is a star it, it makes it going through life a little bit i don't want to say easier but it just allows you the understanding that when somebody moves out or something and i'm gonna use somebody somebody else can move in somebody else can important in your life can come into your life 
it's not going to look the same. It's not going to be the same, but that space gets taken up in a different way and it can be painful, but it can also be hopeful. And having those seasons like you're talking about too, it's an important way to look at it because sometimes winter has to come through in order for Mm -hmm. spring to bloom. True. Yeah. And like coming back to the chapter thing and, and all that, like that can help you. Like if you're at a point in your life where you want to change something, you know, turn on the page and start writing a new chapter. You design, you, you call the shots. Like in the end, it's your life. And that's uh, something that I know that for, you know, people with ADHD or, you know, other issues can be hard because for some people it's easier to have others dictate their lives. But once you open your eyes to this and you're like, wait, I'm not a fucking NPC. I'm the main character. I can choose <laughs> to not be an NPC in my own life. And and this is something that, again, like as we're talking about this, it's incredible how many people mentioned this in my podcast, but I interviewed um, a guy uh, on my podcast Dakota Robertson, he's like, um, you know, a ghostwriter as well. And he has had a very difficult life uh, growing up. And he he told me that he gamifies his life. And it's crazy how we all see this differently. You know, you have the person that sees it as a, you know, seasons or chapters. He sees it as a game. He was like, well, sometimes like, you know, you can choose to be an NPC or you can choose to be the main character. And then when you're, I'm not a gamer, but... I do understand the lingo and I do understand what he meant. Like, you know, sometimes you have a coach that can be, you know, when you have a, I don't know if you play games, but you know, when you play a game, you have the, you know, the, in some games, you have the person that guides the main character that teaches them, that gives them, you know, the tools and, you know, how to continue. But in the end, it's it's up to the main character to, you know, pass them to the next level. And so you have that. That image could be a coach, could be a therapist, could be a book, could be a podcast, could be anything. And then you have the the gadgets, you know, and you can upgrade that, like, you know, the tools that you use to actually get to the next level. So that could be like your journaling or your, you know, like me talking to myself, like anything that you do to just get there. And then there's the action and trying again if you fail. Like it doesn't end there. You can try again and you can always restart the game uh, from where you, you know, um, left and continue and try to move on to the next level. And that's where developing your own analogies and metaphors and like taking some from people that you hear and being able to use it in your own life is that is what this is all about that I'm taking from you and that I've used too is taking this knowledge that you can gain and seeing how it fits into your life. And okay, this fits and I can use it in this way. That's going to be the key to unlocking how I want to live and who I want to be, not the actual knowledge itself, but how I'm going to take it and use it. Yeah. For sure. And I think, was it you 
uh, in my podcast who gave me a tip. I think it was you. You told me to write a story. Was it you? Maybe. Journal? I think it was yes. you. Yeah, because that's what that's what I do. That's when I and get I the most it, out of journaling. And it really helped me. Yeah. That's for those who um, don't know, like I was very anti-journaling for a very long time. Like, and again, our mutual friend up told me, I actually recommend having two journals. And I was like, fuck you up. I'm never journaling. You can't make me journal. It's never going to happen. And then I started journaling and I made a social media video that literally said, fuck you to up for the challenge because I'm journaling now and I hate you because I'm journaling. <laughs> and <laughs> he's like, Hey, what did I do? And I'm like, yeah, I just, I just had to tell you, that's how I felt. But what worked for me for journaling wasn't writing about my day. I prompted journaling didn't work for me when I started journaling and I just let my mind kind of go. And I started writing short stories and actually poems. That was when journaling really made sense to me. And it actually took the feelings and the emotions and thoughts that were in my brain and made it in a way that allowed it to just come out and be processed and put it on. And that was the, yeah. that was the difference. That was the game changer. And I imagine there's a lot more to unpack in a story or a poem because it's like, you're coming up with a story, but what's the behind of that story? Why are you writing that story? Why is that happening to the character or, you know, and then you get to analyze that. Um, I'm I'm not a fan of journaling, to be honest, because I hate, it's not that I hate writing. It's just I do it every single day for a job. So what I do for people who don't like journaling, I'm very kinesthetic. Like I need to walk all the time. So I just like, I go downstairs and I walk like a crazy lady around my building with the notes up and I'm pretending to have a cold just to seem less weird. And I journal like that. Like I, I have like voice memos yep. and then I use this script and that's my journal. And then I can revisit that if I want to. And it's like, I'm having a conversation, but you know, it's, it's like therapy for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the writing stories also helps a lot. And it like allows you to be more creative too. It can show you your desires, your fears. And writing the stories lets you get through some of those blocks that you have because you don't want to admit them about yourself. But you're writing them about somebody else. So it lets you write them down. And then you look and you're like, shit, that's me. And I haven't admitted that about myself. Oh my God, yes. Is and that what you, me or that's uh, my inner child? Yes. Yes. And what you just, you know, said, I think is a big hack when it comes to journaling too, because journaling doesn't necessarily mean you have to write it down. Talking into your phone is a form of journaling. Talking to yourself can be a form of journaling. Putting my phone on a uh, video record and for those who follow my social media and you, you see the videos I post, that's a form of journaling for me. Like I'm talking about the lessons that I've learned. I'm talking about yes. things that I'm going through in life, like in this moment, or I've gone through very recently. And that is a form of journaling for me. This podcast is a form of journaling. Like 
all of this is valid. And so whatever journaling means to you, go like follow it, find what it could be. And just make, again, make it your own because what works for you is what works for you. And that is, that's the only right answer is what works for you. Exactly. Yeah. It won't work for everyone else, but for some people it could be drawing for some people it could be cooking, but yes. it's just finding what works for you. Like that's, mm. that's the goal finding what works for you because maybe journaling is not for everyone else. And I totally get it. For some people it could be like hitting the gym, like for some other people it could be walking, you know, going to the middle, in the middle of the forest, away from other people and just, you know, clearing your thoughts, maybe like, I don't know, meditating or even like something that helped me too. And like, understand more of like the, my subconscious fears and stuff like that. It's just having a dream journal. And that's super interesting. And the more you do it, the more you remember your dreams. Like the first thing I do in the morning is try to recall my dream. And then I just like write it down quickly on my notes because then I forget. And then you look at that and you're like, wow. And I'm going to tell you something. I, I just, by doing that, I realized that I dream a lot. And when I say a lot, it's like, could be like 90% of my dreams with like aliens and other worlds and, you know, other planets. And then when you go and you do your research, what does that mean? Why, why am I always dreaming? Like, and they're, they don't feel like, you know, scary, like, oh, an alien. It's like, no, I feel at home when, you know, I'm with these weird beings, you know, and this other, like, planet. And then, like, doing my research, that's because I'm, I don't feel at home. And that's one yeah. of the reasons I actually want to move out from Argentina. But maybe, you know, I'm going to Italy. But maybe Italy is not my home. And maybe I, I keep looking for the place and maybe there's no home. Maybe I'm just a nomad. And I want to keep traveling and that's where home is, wherever I feel in the moment that I should be in. But writing down your dreams can give you many, many insights on your desires, your fears, how you feel towards other people. So that's a cool exercise. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what you just said and it's about... Interesting. It if is. You... Sorry. Sorry to interrupt, but like it's interesting because if you think about it, how many hours from our lives, like if we thought like average lifespan of someone, do we spend sleeping? And we dream. We're And there's a reason why we dream because, you know, in a way it's a mechanism of the mind to teach you something, to prepare you for something. Like I've had dreams where I really, like I, you know, someone killed me. And in the dream I felt I was, literally dying and you know I woke up with that awful feeling um or dreams where you know my father died and then it was just you know I was preparing for those things and and then of course I made my research and that's exactly what happens with dreams sometimes you dream about things that never happened to you I don't know let's let's I'm gonna give you a stupid example but like a teenager who's never had sex they dream like they have like you know because <laughs> they never yeah. have that it is preparing them it's like a biological way of your brain to prepare you for what's gonna happen maybe an, a bear will never run after you but who knows 
maybe you dream about that and maybe you're better you can navigate that easily when that happens so i i really recommend writing down your dreams because like i said again how many hours like eight hours I, i'm terrible with math like eight hours seven days a week a third um, of your life three, we could just break it down to that yeah if you're getting eight so, hours of sleep that's a yeah, third of your so, day Exactly. It's not like you're dreaming all that time because that only happens during REM sleep, but it's a big portion of your life that you're missing out on because if you don't write that down, you forget. And something else you just said there too about not feeling at home and how in your dream you're feeling at home with uh, you know, other Alien. planets and an outcast so you're feeling at home with you know as an outsider you know what if that's your subconscious telling you that it's time to feel at home here inside home? so then yeah. and you said okay. it anywhere that you are that could be home yeah and that's exactly absolutely that's exactly yeah. how that's true and you're I know that because I love traveling and I'm not the same person when I'm in the city where I'm in the forest when I'm in a mountain uh, I'm not gonna say beach because I'm not a fan of the beach uh also cities I'm not a fan of it right? but I do <laughs> feel at home when I'm surrounded by mountains and you know a peaceful place where everything shuts down because you know having ADHD your brain is always the, 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 yes. even if you're medicated it's like it never shuts up yep um but the only moment when it does is when i'm surrounded by that type of nature for me so maybe that's home but maybe there is a way for me to find that home inside of me um but i still do believe that and that this is just me maybe i'm biased but I do still think that for ADHD folks and neurodivergent people, cities are not a happy place for us because we get overwhelmed because there's too there's too much going on. Like right now, for example, I live in front of an avenue and I'm listening to the cars. I'm also listening to the water falling down the tap that I need to fix and the neighbor upstairs. So it's a lot of inputs. And I'm always constantly aware. It's like I have these antennas. And the reason why I feel like when I'm in the mountain, um, and maybe that's, you know, I should visit more mountains, but that, for example, in Patagonia here in Argentina is like super big and it's very depopulated. And sometimes you even lose like signal. But that's your, it makes you remove the noise. So you just, you're just yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. And that makes that makes so much sense to me. So active noise-canceling headphones, like those have been, yeah, they've been a game changer for me, but... But be careful. I got to tell you something. The dent is fucking real. Take care <laughs> of that. I, I have one because I have a tiny head. And so because I want to really cancel all the noise, I'm like, you know, trying to like, put it, you know, tighter and careful. The dent is real. <laughs> <laughs> but I go to the sunrise a lot 
and I'm in nature and I feel really great. And something that I do is I put my noise canceling earbuds in and I don't play any music. I just canceled the noise. And so the, the waves will be there and I'll hear it a little bit. It'll be distant, but because it's distant, it makes that sense go quiet a little bit and I don't have so many inputs. And that's part of the piece for me is, yeah. and that's, that's what you're talking about with like going to the mountains where yeah. I don't, yeah, if you, I if still you have do that those, in, in the city, if I did that here, I can't, whenever I want to achieve that thing, like no inputs, I put like background, um, not music, but like, you know, like know, brown noise, brown noise, or sometimes like, uh, rain noises and, you know, that yeah. type of stuff. Cause I, I do need that, you know, you, you cannot be always consuming content and thinking and doing stuff like at one point you really need to shut down and not yep. just sleeping. Sometimes you need to do it awake. So. Yes. And yeah. for us, it's hard. Like if we, if I had to sit here and like meditate, I wouldn't be able to do it because there's too many things going on in my head that it's just not going to happen. And I think that's going on a tangent. I think that's what people who don't have ADHD and meditate, it's so hard for them to grasp because they're like, no, it's not the turning off your thoughts. It's focusing on your thoughts. And it's like, you don't understand. We have thousands of thoughts coming at us at once. We can't just focus on one. On one. Or even two or three, like that's not going to happen. And so meditating for us looks different and it's just slowing it down. That's, that's our Mm -hmm. meditation. And I found that mostly the ways that I can do that is yoga, um, like Tai Chi, sometimes doing like my Kung Fu forms and walking. Like those are the ways where, yep, that movement has to be incorporated. If it's not, I just can't, I can't achieve it just sitting and being there. True. I think it's an ADHD thing. I don't think it's, complete ADHD because you know you some folks don't have the hyperactivity but maybe you and I have it for me I I need to be moving so Mm -hmm. I walk or you know go to the gym lift weights or hike if I have the chance to I mean not here in Buenos Aires because there's not many places to hike but when I go on vacation like hiking trekking doing that kind of stuff swimming like if you have a pool and and if you want to stay calm and you don't want to move and you want to actually feel you know the peacefulness I, I go to the pool at night when there's no one else and I I just float and I it's crazy that's the only moment I can actually like be still and think and I get the best ideas but because it's the middle of the night there's no one else there and because of the water you don't hear the noises outside mm-hmm. so if you know how to float try it it's it's really good or you can go to one of those you know what what, what do you call it the the sensory deprivation tanks i was just gonna bring that up to see if you've heard of that and if you'd ever tried it yeah i want to do it uh but i have to yet find a place that doesn't here i want to try it have you tried it no but 
there's a place that just opened in the city I live in. Mm. And so one day soon I am going to, I'm going to do that and just enjoy myself. Yeah. yeah That'll be definitely. fun. <laughs> Tell me how it, you know, how it feels and if it's worth it. Yeah. I imagine it would be. I think, yeah, I could see, I could really see how, especially for us, that would be just like, honestly, I could see it either like really freaking somebody out or being the most at peace that you've been at or since you both. can remember. Or both. Yeah. I feel like I would freak out at first and then like ease in and have like a, you know, and a how moment. Yeah. Yeah, that's very that's a very good point too. That's a really good point. That's the duality of life. You can have both. You don't have to have either or. It's usually both and. It's not very often either or. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, it's in the end, it's finding what works for you. It could be anything. Maybe you like playing piano. You know, <laughs> painting, being with animals. Like it's just finding what works. That is the truth. So, Mechi, what do you think has been the most important tool for you in your um, self-discovery journey that you've been on? Mm. Um, so remember I told you um, I'm a ghostwriter. And I had the luck to ghostwrite a book from an amazing therapist. I'm not going to give her name because as a ghostwriter, you know, I write and I disappear. So yep. I'm not allowed to give their names. Um, but she gave me like the talking points and I had, you know, a conversation with her before writing her book. And she was like, yeah, when I talk about this and I talk about that, and I, I got introduced to many psychology, psychology topics I didn't know about. And and one of them um, that she mentioned was the concept of radical acceptance that I never heard before. And it's basically like trying to accept everything you are, like the flaws, the good, the bad, the ugly, but as I was writing that down, and I was also comparing that to the stories she sent me from her um, clients and the transformations, I was like, this makes total sense. And I, I began to accept many things that, you know, before, you know, they sat really awkwardly within me, like, you know, is this normal that I do this or... Am I crazy or, you know, I have this, like, you know, I, I don't want to film myself because I have acne or, you know, or, you know, I gain weight, whatever. And then like when you accept yourself, you kind of let go of those labels that you put on yourself. And when you let go of those labels, they no longer define you and you choose what really defines you. And when you do that, you're able to like let go of that past self and when you actually do that I'm going to give you an example 
So I told you I struggled a lot with binge eating. In a way, it was because ADHD, you know, the dopamine for me was like, you know, the snacks. And of course, the medication helped, definitely. But sometimes I don't even take my meds. And I'm not like, I don't have that constant, um, you know, need to go and grab a snack to continue working or to stay productive. So, you know, once I understood that and I fully embraced that, okay, this is a coping mechanism. Where is it coming from? And I began to ask the questions and, you know, I was raised by a mom from an Italian family. So you can imagine there's a lot of food. Like food was like, you know, you did something well, here's some food. Did you, you did something <laughs> wrong? Here's some food. Don't cry, baby girl. Here's some food. Something terrible is happening outside. Like, you know, there was a there was a time there was a a burglar who tried to yeah, not tried not like not tried. Like he was actually in our home, but he was in the patio. And my mom was like, and by that that time was I was like seven years old. So like, you know, one of those stages in life where things really you know, form you as a human being, yep. um, your personality. And she was, we, did, we didn't have a phone back, back then and we lived in the middle of nowhere. So there was no one to call. And, and this guy was threatening my mom. He was like trying to get inside our home. He was escaping from the police. And this is the craziest thing. You know what she did? She made me a sandwich. Mind you, the guy was trying to get inside. And I, I don't have any brothers or sisters, so it was just me and my mom. My dad was working. There was no way to contact him, call the police, anything. And we didn't have neighbors. She was like, she made me a sandwich. She gave me cookies. And she hit me under my bed. And she said, baby girl, no matter what happens, no matter what you hear, don't come out. Stay here. But the first thing she did was a sandwich. Now I understand what she did that. Maybe she thought like, if this guy kills me, then, you know, maybe she stays, like, locked in or something happens and she starts. I don't know what her train of thought was. And then she went outside and actually kicked the shit out of the guy. My mom is like, you know, a mama bear. Until, <laughs> and then she started screaming and, you know, someone, which was really strange to have, that it didn't happen, but someone walked by and she was like, call the police. And the police came, but she handled that. But the first thing she did was a sandwich. And my entire life, every time I, you know, if I'm mourning, if I'm anxious, if I'm feeling happy, I celebrate with food, I cry with food, and, you know, <laughs> so it became naturally, it, it would become like, a coping mechanism so yeah that's that's one of the things it's it's a crazy story but it it kind of defined me in a way but then when I decided not to have it define me like I'm not a binge eater I can choose to actually address what is going on so before mm -hmm. I would be about to binge and you know this applies for everything like people who smoke people who drink before you go and grab the drink or the pastry or that thing that you know it's 
not good for your body. Like, for example, I cannot have gluten and like I'm a sucker for anything with gluten. So whenever I'm like about to, to grab that, first, don't bring it into your home. But um, if you happen to have it, ask yourself, I, am I actually hungry? Why do I want to eat right now? Like, and be mindful, like, why? How am I feeling? Like, check in with yourself and see, am I bored? Am I, and, and, and me being ADHD, being bored is painful. Like, it's one of the worst feelings ever. That's why I'm always doing something. And again, this is something I need to check in because there's a reason why, you know, if it's not the food, then it's, you know, working and, you know, creating content and stuff like that. So it's really sitting down and be like, okay. And it's not going to happen all at the same time. Like I, I'm not going to be able to fix the eating problem and then the workaholism. You don't, you don't do everything at the same time. So I basically swapped the eating for the working, but at least I'm being mindful of why am I eating so well? Maybe I go to the, you know, working, working, working. But then when that, you know, binge eating is completely under control and I no longer think about like, I want to eat, I want to eat, I want to eat, I want to eat. It's no longer happening. Now I need to address why do I need to be constantly working or producing something or being productive? Why is it that I feel that urge, you know? But, you know, you go step by step. Yep. And that is that is like the process that I work people through is what are you looking for from this? And one thing that I ask myself, especially especially when I find myself really easily distracted what am I avoiding? Mm-hmm. What is it that I'm avoiding that I am being easily distracted right now? And can I do it probably quicker than what I think I can? All right, we're going to sit with this pain and try to figure out if I can get through this quicker than I can. I'm just going to give myself 10 minutes. 10 minutes, we're going to see, start it, see where it goes. Next thing I do is I look up and it's like 30 minutes later and I'm done with it. And it's like, ah, I feel better now not as distracted i can move on to something yeah. different cool that's not always the case but along the lines of the questions that you're asking yourself that is one that i started asking myself what am i avoiding yeah and typically it's something if i'm being going to be honest with myself yeah and if you're avoiding something just like take the first step even if it's like you know let's say you have to write I don't know, maybe in copywriter. I have to write an entire, you know, homepage, let's say. And I don't want to do it. So, okay, why don't I want to do it? Maybe I'm not taking care of myself and I haven't eaten or I haven't showered or I need to do something. Okay, I'm going to address that first. Then I'm going to sit down and I'm just going to look at, you know, the brief. I'm not going to start writing. I'm just going to look at the brief. I'm going to look at the competition. I'm going to do some analysis. And then, you know, when you start writing and then, you know, after the first copy that you write, then you're like, oh, I can do this. Or, you know, when they say, like, if you want to start the gym, like, start with putting on the shoes. And then tomorrow, maybe you walk up to the gym and then you come back. But at least you went. 
And then the next day, you're actually getting the gym. Maybe you do a few reps. Great. And then maybe the next day, you actually complete the entire, you know, um, routine. So it's going bit by bit. You don't have to finish it end to end. Like you can at least start and that's better than nothing. And that's about the progress and not the perfection. Where Yeah, because then it's like analysis paralysis. Exactly. Exactly. And a part of the radical self-acceptance is starting where you are and not where you wish you were. Yeah. Definitely. I love that. And I love what you talked about with that radical self-acceptance too, because that is such a a massive part of starting where you are, being who you are, being where you are and not where you wish you were. And mm-hmm. when you're stuck with where you wish you were, it's really hard to start anything. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if you want to climb a mountain, you want to be at the top. You cannot be at the top if you don't start at the base. Yeah. And if you're like, oh, but I just want to be at the top. You're just looking at that. And it's like so high. And it feels so unconquerable. Yeah. Guess what? When you start working, walking, and you're like halfway there, it doesn't look that unconquerable. And that applies to everything. Yeah. Yeah. That... That is a lot of life lessons that people can take away just from the past 15 minutes that. Yeah. And that's why I love like trekking and climbing because that's exactly the train of thought that you have. Like you think you cannot make it. I'm not like a trained, uh, you know, hiker or a trekker or whatever you call it. I'm not. Mountaineer? But yeah, I'm not trained. I yeah, I'm not in here. I'm not trained, but I try, and I've done like here in Argentina is cool because like we have the the like the mecca of trekking where you know people get ready to you know to climb Mount Everest, um, and we have like the second biggest uh, mountain too. So there's a lot of that here, and I, I have not, of course, done the big ones, but I've done a few that were like too advanced for me and you know what's something that helped me I remember I was with the group uh, because they had to guide us because like you get lost and it was actually um, it was too high and it was advanced and I never that was the first time I did like an advanced trick and at one point when we reached the middle the you know the the mountaineer guides they were like they, they looked at the group and they were like guys from here onwards, it's your choice. It's going to get hard. You know, you're going to have to climb rocks. It, it will get hard. It, you know, there's like, the, what do you call it? The, the risk? No, the, it completely left my brain right now. The, uh, like the cliff? Like when you look at, yeah, but like, just you look at that, it's like, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, that. And they were like, you decide. You want to continue or you want to stay? And half the group left. And then we continued. And as we kept on going and it kept on getting harder and harder, 
people kept coming back, you know? And then we were like 20 people, I want to say. And then only like, I think like 13 of us made it. And in, in the meantime, it's like, you know, all these people like, you know, getting back and being like, no, I can't do this, I can't do this. And and I was like, I remember I was at a point where I was scared because I did not have the, you know, the the training or the experience. And it was getting like super slippery and you looked at the, right there and like it was it was like a two thousand meter fall. But the problem was that I was looking down and I was not looking at where I wanted to get to and I was not focusing on the beautiful sights that I had around me. And something that kept me going was something that App said in one of my podcasts. Um, and he said, I can't say, I can't remember exactly what he says, but at that time I remembered it like really um, like quote by quote because it happened no long ago. But he said something along the lines of like, the only person that's stopping you from doing what you want is you. The only person like saying that you can't do that is you. And I was like, I remember that. And I was like, he's right. I'm going to continue. I got this. I can do it. And I did it. And how much pride did you get when you got to the end of that? Oh, my God. It was amazing. But you know what the, the best was? It was not getting to the top. Actually, I enjoyed the process more. I really did. Like, the top was beautiful. I mean, you got to, like, you know, this beautiful place where you see, like, there's a, a glacier and you have the mountains and the lake and it's precious. But, you know, we only sat there and we ate something and we had to come back because it was, like, a eight-hour walk downstairs so yeah um so I enjoyed the process even more and it was tiring like you know I was like ah, when are we getting there when are we getting there but I enjoy that more than I when I look back on that what I remember the most is the struggle not the, the wow I made it I'm on top of the mountain no yeah exactly yeah. and that lesson of when you let go of focusing on the destination or where you're not and you or start the dangers to, like me looking down yeah. and be like oh my god i'm fucked yeah no just and look you, where you are next step like step by step and you'll mm. eventually get there and you embrace that journey too and you just embrace where you are that that's that's a lesson that that's life. Yeah. You know, absolutely. We keep folks trying to focus on these different destinations. The only def destination, honestly, is death. So why not just focus on where you are and that mm -hmm. next step? Yeah, hmm. that's true. Like it's so it, it's coming for all of us. So we might as well live life while we can. Yeah. And be that main character because, you know, if you're in your deathbed, you're you really if you don't ever become the main character when you're in your deathbed, I assure you you're gonna regret it. And I think yep. regret is like the worst thing. And you know, 
my mom, she she worked as a um, what do you call it in in English? Like, um, how I forgot. Uh, I I even forgot. A palliative palliative is that how you say it? Palliative care. Yes. Yep. Like yes. last stage, like people yes. who are like, okay, they're dying, so you know, like just take I think care of them. Hospice, but it's also called palliative. Like, yeah. Yeah, palliative care. And she saw too many people die in front of her. And she told me, and then I, I, I also read um there's a there's like a famous blog post from a nurse, and they all say that people the thing that they regret is the things they didn't do. Not the things that they did. Like now sometimes you maybe you're overthinking, like, oh, should I talk to this person? Should I move to the century? Should I quit this job? Should I ask for a raise? But then you don't regret, you know, not doing that and avoiding the, you know, the awkward moments. You regret not doing it. Right. Right. And and you don't need to be on your deathbed to notice that. Like, look back, like, you know, the past, I don't know, 15 years and think about the things you regret. I assure you, there are things you did not do. Most of them. Oh, yeah. That's. When you stop and you're honest with yourself, that is absolutely the case. Mm -hmm. Me Mechie, this this conversation, I knew it was gonna going to be amazing, and it it absolutely was. Um, if people want to keep up with you, where are the best places to do that? Um, they can find me on Instagram at Mechie Mancisha. It's there in the name um, in the Zoom call. Or, yeah, I'm going to leave you the links because I have a weird name. But I'm at Mechi Masisha everywhere, uh, Twitter, TikTok, uh, my podcast. Like, if you look at, you know, if you look up Mechi Masisha on YouTube, you're going to find my podcast. You're going to find my podcast with uh, RJ, too. So, yeah. Yeah. And we'll put those links in the bio. So you'll be able to find those and click over. For sure. And, God, like this, such... A wealth of knowledge and wisdom and just fun like like I said at the beginning of this we could go on for four hours and just have fun talking and That's sharing the stories thing and, about podcasts. you can talk is. about fun stuff it really is deep. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on this is so much fun and um people go go follow Mechi because the content is it's so good and it's so applicable and um, it's just fun. You get to have some fun. Yeah. So yeah. Even if they're not in business, I, I always say for me, business and travel, they're like a fast route to, you know, self-discovery at least. Yeah. <laughs> and I really do see those, like it really does lead you to find yourself doing those things so thank you so mm -hmm. much for joining us uh really appreciate it and for those who um have been listening you know what share this episode with a friend with somebody you know who could benefit from it hit that subscribe button leave us a review i would love that and you know what let's try to be better tomorrow than we were today because at least we don't make it we tried have a great week everybody i love you Thank you, RJ, for having me.